0: You're listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast, where we discuss current events, social issues, religious trends, and noteworthy news from a biblical perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in to the newest episode of the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Soker. This episode is being released on January 4th, 2024. And this is our first episode of the new year. So to everyone who is listening or watching this, happy new year. I hope you have a great 2024 and thank you for starting your year with us here. This week we're talking about the state that we find ourselves in at the beginning of this new year. The world is full of problems. Everyone can see that. Society is becoming more godless, which means there is more hostility and more animosity toward those who claim to be Christians. The news seems to be getting worse and worse all the time. And here in the United States, with 2024 being a presidential election year, I don't expect the news to get any better anytime soon. But as bad as the conditions around us seem to be, the Bible is still there with relevant timeless guidance to help us navigate the challenges that are ahead of us. So that's what we're going to be talking about in our episode today. For links to some related materials, check out the show notes for this episode at plainbibleteaching.com slash podcast slash 010424. Now for our discussion this week. The wise man said, That which has been is that which will be, and that which has been done is that which will be done. So there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one might say, see this, it is new. Already it has existed for ages which were before us. We often talk about the fact that life is uncertain, and this is true. But at the same time, the wise man said, there's nothing new under the sun history repeats itself. Whatever we experience or what we will be experiencing in the future is similar to what others have experienced before us. So as we look ahead at the future that is uncertain and is a little bit concerning with the way things are trending, whatever might be coming, the Bible helps us prepare for it. So I want us to notice four Bible passages that describe conditions that are similar to what we are seeing now in the world today that will help us face the challenges that are before us. First one is in Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 7, that described the world before the flood. That passage says that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. The Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things and to birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made them. As bad as our society has gotten, it at least hasn't degenerated to this point, at least not yet, where every thought was only evil continually. But it does seem like we're closer to that than we used to be. So we need to be like Noah. As it says in the next verses, in verses 8 and 9 of that chapter, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. Noah did not let the evil world that was around him to corrupt him. He remained faithful and kept himself blameless before God. And the result of that was that he was saved from the flood. Hebrews 11 and verse 7 says, By faith Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world, and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Noah's faith led him to obey God, which resulted in him being saved from the flood. In the same way, if we live by faith and obey the Lord, no matter how wicked the world becomes, we'll be saved as well. The second passage, Genesis chapter 19 verses 4 through 9, that describes the condition of the city of Sodom. That passage says this, Before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, surrounded the house, both young and old, all the people from every quarter, And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may have relations with them. But Lot went out to them at the doorway and shut the door behind him and said, Please, my brothers, do not act wickedly. Now behold, I have two daughters who have not had relations with man. Please let me bring them out to you and do to them whatever you like. Only do nothing to these men inasmuch as they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they said, Stand aside. Furthermore, they said, This one has come in as an alien, and already he is acting like a judge. Now we will treat you worse than them. So they pressed hard against Lot and came near to break the door. The angels who came to Sodom came to rescue Lot from that city. God had already determined he was going to destroy it because, as he told Abraham, their sin is exceedingly grave, as Genesis 18 verse 20 says. Earlier in the book, we're told that the men of Sodom were wicked exceedingly and sinners against the Lord, and it was chiefly due to the sin of homosexuality. A lot of people want to try to brush that aside, but that was the chief reason for God's punishment of them, the chief sin that they were involved in. Jude says that they indulged in gross immorality and went after strange flesh and are exhibited as an example in undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. Lot tried to protect his guests from these men, not in the best way because he offered his daughters to them, but he made an attempt to protect the angels who came to him in the form of men. But the men of Sodom were upset because Lot, as they said, was acting like a judge. This is the same attitude of those who call Christians judgmental or bigoted or intolerant because Christians refuse to affirm or celebrate their sinful behavior. We need to be prepared for this type of accusation or these type of attacks. Not that we're passing judgment based upon our opinions. We're not to do that. But we stand firm on what the Word of God says, and that stands in judgment against them. Because the Word of God is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart, as Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says. So just as God saved Noah, he also rescued righteous Lot, showing that the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment, as the Apostle Peter pointed out. People may think that we are being judgmental, but we need to stand for the truth anyway. Third passage we want to notice is Judges chapter 21, verse 25. This was during the time of the judges before the kings of Israel. And it says in that verse, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. During that time the people did whatever seemed good to them. They ignored God's law and they lived however they pleased. And this is a lot like what we see in the world today. Everyone does what is right in their own eyes. They just live as they please. But ultimately, this leads to destruction. The wise man said in Proverbs 14, verse 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. That statement, that there is no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in his own eyes, is also in Judges chapter 17 and verse 6. And the next two chapters went on to describe what that looked like in practical terms. And we won't take time to look at those two chapters, but I did write an article that went through all of that. What happens when everyone does what is right in their own eyes? It will be linked in the show notes. The title is When Every Man Does What Is Right In His Own Eyes. But rather than going along with the world and doing what we think is best, we need to submit to the will of God. Paul said in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. While everyone around us is living as they please, we need to live in a way that pleases God. God, the fourth passage, second Timothy chapter four, verses three and four. This was written during the Gospel age, which continues even today. Paul told Timothy, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and they will turn away their ears from the truth and turn aside to myths. Paul told Timothy to preach the Word. Yet he warned him that not everyone would accept that. They wanted a different message. They wanted a message that was pleasing to them. It's no different today. Many people gravitate toward a diluted form of Christianity that soothes their conscience while allowing them to live as they please. Yet Paul warned that if we follow a different gospel, we desert Christ and the grace that he offers in Galatians 1 and verse 6. And he said two verses later in Galatians 1.8 that if we teach a gospel that is contrary to what the apostles taught, then we stand to be accursed. We do not help anyone by changing the message of the gospel. The gospel is the power of God for salvation, as Romans 1 and verse 16 says. But if we change it, we remove that power from it. So Paul told Timothy, Be sober in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Even if it is unpopular, keep preaching the truth in its simplicity and its purity, which is the same thing that we need to be doing today. So in summary, while it seems that the world around us continues to rush headlong away from the ways of God, we need to remain faithful to him. This may mean we have to stand alone. We may be accused of being judgmental by the world around us. People may not like what we have to say, but ultimately we're trying to please the Lord. So no matter what the new year holds, let's make sure we are committed to faithfully living for Him. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. Hope you found this to be interesting and informative and helpful. For links to some related materials, visit the show notes for this episode at plainbibleteaching.com slash podcast slash 010424. If you have a moment to rate and review the podcast or share it with others, that is certainly appreciated. And if you're listening to this, remember that we also upload video versions of the podcast to the Plain Bible Teaching YouTube channel. So if you prefer to watch this on video, that option is there for you. And if you are watching this on YouTube, please like this video and subscribe to the channel so you can see the other videos that we post here from time to time. And if you see a news story or have some topic that you think would make for a good discussion, send that to me at andy at com. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. Also, be sure to sign up for the Plain Bible Teaching weekly newsletter. This free newsletter will be delivered to your inbox each Friday with articles, podcasts, videos, sermon outlines, and more. Visit plainbibleteaching.com to subscribe today.